Let's get this sports podcast party started, all right? The J Reels Podcast. Why don't you wait until July 1st to make an announcement? What a disgrace. He can rack up all these numbers in October, November, and December, but what really counts is let me see this in January. The Sports Rebel Without a Pause, delivering fast-paced, jam-packed sports talk like no other. Listen, I gotta call it as I see it. He is not a good player. I'm sick and tired of having to deal with the disappointment of this franchise. When does it stop? And yes, another winter that I can sleep in peace. Coming correct, direct, and in full effect. Let's get it. This is the J Rules Podcast. Welcome aboard. What is happening, my good people? Greetings. How are you? How's it going? How's everybody doing out there? Is it too hot for you, especially in the Northeast, which I'm sure is the same for the rest of this country, but two days away from the Independence Day, which I know a lot of people will probably hold their breath, wondering if the aliens will arrive and if Will Smith will come and save us. No, 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 no. Let's kick that negativity talk aside as you're here to finally listen to the AMA, Ask Me Anything podcast here on the latest edition of the J Reels podcast. This is your host, J Reels. For my first timers, welcome aboard. Thanks so much for downloading and listening to what it is I have to say about what's happening in the world of sports, although I'm going to take a bit of a different turn with this podcast, as I'll explain in a minute. And for those who have been banging with me for now, 142 episodes, I welcome you guys back. It is a Thursday, July the 2nd, in the year of our Lord, 2020. The j What's the Deal segment, as I mentioned, the Ask Me Anything podcast, which I had scheduled to release a few weeks ago, but then I had a bunch of guests over the last few Thursdays. All you have to do is go back in the archives, people. So if this is your first time Listening, generally, I post a State of the Union in sports on Monday, and then on Thursday, I'll have a special guest come on, where in the last three weeks, I had former NBA player Jahidi White, former NHLer of the Edmonton Oilers back in the heyday of their dynasty, winning four Stanley Cups in five years was Kevin McClellan. Then last week, I had MSG Network's studio host, Monica McNutt, who joined me here on the podcast. So this particular one, which was postponed until now, I'll finally delve into some of the questions that were sent to me going back to, I believe, before Memorial Day. So this is certainly a belated podcast, to say the least. But before I kick off, I want to send a very special happy birthday, a 51st. So with that being said, Trevor Hoffman, Bernie Williams, Mike Timlin, also the famous Chicago Bear linebacker Dick Buckus, as me and my cousin JD, who is... Obviously been a part of this podcast. If you've listened to me going back a couple of years, it is his 51st. So he joins the club and a very special happy birthday to him. I know he's somewhere in San Antonio, Texas working at the moment, but I hope he enjoys this day. Hopefully I'll have him back on the podcast at uh, some point here. Maybe once sports kicks up, I would say get into the month of August, but a very happy birthday shout out to him before I get going with this Ask Me Anything podcast. And pretty much what I've done Going back to May, I wanted to switch things up. I know that this is a very tricky time, and even though sports looks like it's heading in the right direction as far as starting, although there are going to be a lot of speed bumps along the way. So if you haven't listened to me, all you got to do is go back a couple of podcasts. This week on Monday, I tried to shed some positive light considering that coronavirus is certainly persisting and it's relentless and wondering if any of these sports are going to begin on time or if there are going to be any interruptions. That's... We'll have to wait and see. But generally, my blanket statement from 30,000 feet, 
looks like that this is going to be some tough sledding for all the sports, whether it's baseball getting ready to start their season in three weeks. Obviously, the NBA, NHL, MLS is looking to start up again. Even the WNBA, which is going to be in Orlando too. I forgot about them. So all of these leagues that are getting ready to either restart or jumpstart their seasons, it is certainly going to be a monumental task. Because as you've seen, the numbers with a lot of these players with COVID and in these areas, it doesn't matter where you're at. The good thing is, is that it seems as if a lot of these people are younger that are getting it this time around. It's not affecting the older folks that took place in New York, especially back in March, April, and throughout the rest of the country. So people are still taking precaution, at least in some areas, and trying to curtail the spread of this virus, which it certainly doesn't seem like it's going to slow down at any point. So let's get right to it. This Ask Me Anything podcast was pretty much just thrown out there as an idea to kind of generate some sort of not only just interest for people who are curious to find out about certain takes that I have, but also being a little creative if I don't have a guest in particular week just to put forth some content, something to listen to a little bit from a different perspective. And I hope you get to enjoy this as long as it's going to take. I mean, I have about 10 to 12 questions here, so let's get right to it. So my first one I'm going to be is my guy, Justin in New Jersey. Justin asks, what is my favorite juicing recipe and why? Now, for those who aren't familiar, if you don't follow me on any of my social media platforms, whether it's on Instagram, J Reels, it's a personal account, but I also have the J Reels podcast. Facebook is the Facebook fan page is the J Reels podcast, as well as Twitter, J Reels one, just a number. He knows that I love to juice. I'm a very active person when it comes to health and nutrition Listen, am I a dietitian by any stretch? No, but I've done a lot of research over the years and know what's good, what's bad. And I certainly do not buy any type of bottled or carton juice. If it's going to be bottled, it's going to be pressed within a day or so. I do own a juicer, thanks to the guys at Omega. I have, uh, what is it, a J8006. So for those who don't have a juicer, I suggest you buy one because my biggest regret in buying this juicer was not getting it sooner. And I've had it for over three years now. So my favorite recipe when it comes to juicing, this time of year, watermelon will not fail you. I like to just drink it straight. You could add a little mint, which is fantastic. Even some lime. You want to put a little twist for some ginger for those who like ginger. That's a great one this time of year. And especially after a long run, which I love to do. It is the most thirst quenching thing that you could ever imagine. Even better than water, if you ask me. And... As we all know, watermelon has a ton of benefits, ton of nutritional properties that are in there. Not only will it quench your thirst, but it'll also literally clean out your system. All the toxins will get rid of. But I would have to say my favorite, though, is an orange, grapefruit, ginger, carrot juice that I make. Not only is it refreshing, it's very good, and I'll also clean you out. You'll be making many trips to the bathroom just uh, drinking whatever, a 12, 16 ounce glass. So if you make anything more than that, please feel free to do so. And the one thing that people will get misunderstood when it comes to juicing and people look at, oh, what about the sugar content? It's too much sugar in it. I understand that green juicing is probably better from that standpoint because you don't have as much sugar as you do in an orange or grapefruit, uh, even a carrot f- to a certain extent. But at the same time, what you're putting in your body is grown from the earth. This isn't table sugar. This isn't anything that was made in a plant. Obviously, this is a plant. So when you minimally process it in the, during the process of juicing, 
your body's going to absorb all the nutrients. Now, granted, there's going to be no fiber, but it's going to absorb all those nutrients. It is going to hit right into your bloodstream. It's going to go right through your digestive system and certainly going to produce results over the long term. Now, of course, if you do one juice a month or one juice a week, it's not going to do anything. I try to do it at least three times a week, and even then I should do it every day. But to me, that juice in particular is good because you could just have it straight. You can, of course, have it with the breakfast if you like. Same with the green juice. And even though it may be high in calorie and even sugars, but again, you're putting natural contents from these sources right into your body. So to me, that is my favorite one. So Justin, thank you for your question. All right, Nini from the Bronx. This is a good one. How did you get so lucky to find and keep that goddess girlfriend of yours? Well... I've been blessed, I've been fortunate, I've been lucky enough to find a person like her and without getting or delving deep into my life, uh, she came at a time where obviously I was at a crossroads, just me personally. And it took a lot. It took a lot for me to get to know myself a lot more. And as I've said in podcasts past, you know, being able to look in the mirror, sometimes you may not like what you see. And as we all know, the finish line is death. So just because you may have found the answers or you may have seen the light doesn't mean that the work stops. That's when it actually begins. And with me, thankfully, with her patience and her time and her effort, she was able to bring out the best of me. And not only that, with her patience and her time, as I said, it uh, certainly flourished into what it is today. So yes, how lucky did I get? I would like to say we were both lucky in that regard, but I understand me coming into the situation being not only bruised, battered, and scarred, but at the same time was willing, was able to want to reach to heights that I never thought I could imagine as an individual, and I'm still reaching. So again, just because I may have gotten to that level and have opened my eyes and said, aha, I got it, but just because you get it doesn't mean that it just all goes away or you can't put in the work, because we all know As long as we're alive and we're six feet above ground and breathing, we must work to be 1% better every day. So, obviously, shout out to her for being that kind, compassionate, and generous soul that she is. So, yes, I count my lucky stars every day. Rob from Amaranik. This isn't even a question. It's just motivation, he writes. He just, motivation with an exclamation point, and I understand where he's coming from. And that could be a million different avenues to go down. One... Motivation as far as working out, diet, goals, things of that nature. To me, and I'll try to answer this quick. Motivation when it comes to diet, it's already ingrained in me as far as what it is that I want to consume on a day-to-day basis. By any means, I'm not perfect. You know, I like to have my sweets. I prefer to have more from a plant-based variety. But I do indulge at times with sweets that have animal product in them. As you all know, that is the... And it's indisputable. But any type of diseases, any types of high blood pressure, cholesterol, things of that nature is all attributed to consuming animal products. So just because you don't eat meat doesn't mean that you're not doing your body a service by just eating butter and cheese and milk and dairy. You go down the list. But without getting too preachy, without getting too deep into that, but my point is, is that my motivation is to try to be as healthy as possible because I am 51 years old. I'm not 31. Sometimes I eat like a 31-year-old. 
And that to me is all about portion control. But at the same time, as you get older, your body's not going to function as well eating the cookies, the cakes, the ice creams on a regular basis, and even the plant-based stuff. Because as we all know, all that stuff is made in the plant. And to quote the great Michael Pollan, who wrote the book and was a part of the documentary Food, Inc. back in 2011-12. And his book, I believe, is Food Rules. I should have got that. I should know that off the top of my head. But he says, if it comes from a plant, Eat it. If it's made in a plant, don't eat it. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. So my motivation is to try to juice every day and eat a lot of fruit, vegetables, try not to eat a lot of fried food, the processed stuff, uh uh-uh, that goes out the door. So my motivation is already there. And to me, all of it was just based on education, was knowledge, was just trying to get all the information I can to gather to say, all right, this is what I don't want to eat. This is what I do want to eat. And I know this is what's going to work for me. And I've experimented on my body, whether it's eating a raw food diet, obviously eating a vegan diet, also doing the, not even just the intermittent fasting, which is very good, but also a fasting mimicking diet. All those things that I've experimented myself on. And I tell you, it has certainly worked to my advantage. And my problem is just the portion control. So if I go somewhere, yes, I have to have the appetizer sometimes too with the an entree and then a dessert. And then what is that for? Even if I didn't eat anything all day and I have all that, it's still not good to eat all that food in one shot. So, so that's my motivation there. And the health, same thing with the running. I'm a big runner. People know I was into obstacle course racing many years ago. But I love to run. And obviously we're in the middle of summer. So it's great to get up early to go run or even late after the day starts to cool off in the early evening. But... My motivation is just to try to stay as fit as possible. Nobody's going to confuse me with Mr. Olympia. I'm not going to go out and win any contests when it comes to bodybuilding or anything like that. I just started strength training again over the last couple of months. So I had to take a break because I had to get a, a mole removed from my back. So that stunted my process a little bit for a little over a month. But at the same time, because of where I'm at as far as my age is concerned and knowing that I've had just a clean bill of health whether it's having a colonoscopy last year or going for these annual physicals, making sure that my ticker is running the way it should and also sticky cholesterol, things of that nature. And I actually have a, an appointment next week with my doctor for my annual physical. That's the thing that motivates me because, right, I do have my moments where I do cheat, so to speak, as far as eating is concerned. But at the same time, my overall motivation is to not only eat well, but also keep myself physically fit as possible. And I love to run, not even just running three miles, five, seven, eight, ten, twelve. It doesn't matter. So the motivation to just try to do that and it also builds discipline. And Lord knows there's been many days that I wasn't able to roll out of bed or didn't roll out of bed upon my own volition. But at the same time, you got to know that this is the best way to take care of your health. This is health maintenance at its best or health insurance at its best. Because the last thing that I'm ever planning to do on this planet is take any medication is have to worry about filling out prescriptions for blood pressure or blood thinners, cholesterol, you name it. There's no way I'm going to do that and I'm going to do whatever it takes. So that's just motivation enough. And it's easy to fall into those funks, people. It's easy to do that, not only just from a health standpoint, but even goals and with all this downtime that we've had with COVID-19, it's easy to say, I'll put it off till, till tomorrow. Ah, I won't have to worry about it till I'll do it next week. No, just try to do what you can when you can. 
And Lord knows I beat myself up over things that I haven't done or I know I should have done, whatever. But you just got to get back on the beam. And to me, that's motivation enough. I understand for it works for different people. If there's one suggestion, if anybody wants some motivation or, or not even just the motivation, you want a kick in the ass, to be blunt. If you're on Instagram, go follow David Goggins. G-O-G-G-I-N-S. And that's all the motivation you're going to need. It may be a little bit too hardcore for some people, but let's, let me tell you, if that guy doesn't light a fire under your butt, then no one will. So there's some motivation for you there. All right, next up is Chrissy from Cambridge, Ontario. So I got someone from north of the border. She's a big Cowboy fan. She asks, what are your thoughts on empty stadium baseball games? How will this affect the players' games? Well, I think it's going to be a bit of a transition considering that when you're in Little League as early as what? 9, 10, 11 years old? Even if there's parents and maybe 25 people in the stands, at least you have somebody cheering or somebody that's going to be vocal when it comes to making a play, hitting a home run, driving in a big run. So I I think there's going to be a huge adjustment. Now, I'm sure a lot of the players, when it comes to interviews and them asking how it's going to feel like, they'll probably say, a majority of them will probably say, oh, it's just like any other game. But they can't. I mean, they've grown up with people in the stands, and especially when you get to the major league level, even if you're playing in cities that do not sell out. So if you're the Miami Marlins, if you're in Pittsburgh, if you're in some of these other cities where they're not cranking out sellouts or forty to 50,000 participants each and every day, even with 5,000 in the stands, you're still used to having people, whether you're in the outfield looking up into the crowd, and it's even if it's a smattering of people. But... I think it's going to be an adjustment. It's certainly going to be a deal where players may be affected after the first few games and then after, they'll probably be tone deaf after that. And they may even embrace it knowing that they, they don't have to worry about hecklers. They don't have to worry about guys chanting at them from behind the dugout or from the outfield or from the bleachers, whatever it be, or whatever it may be. So how I look at it is the way these guys will be affected will probably be more so in the short term than in the long term. Well, who knows? You may get a player that after 20 games is still not used to it. Like, it's hard. So, we just have to wait and see. And baseball will start July the 23rd, as we hope, fingers crossed. So, Chrissy, I hope that answers your question. And thank you. I got to thank everybody for the questions at the end. But considering north of the border. All right, John and Croton on Hudson. And he sent me two questions because this was going back. Remember, I had this set up to be aired somewhere around Memorial Day and then I had a few guests lined up so I figured the guests have to go first before me with an Ask Me Anything podcast before anything. So this is one of his two questions. And his first one is, what have you learned since you first started out making your own podcast? And it's interesting because John is my former boss and he was very instrumental, believe it or not, in not necessarily me being a podcast host, but at the time, just a little backstory. From 2001 to 2007, for those who may or may not know, I actually did some radio from an independent radio station in the South Bronx. So it was a community center. They had the dial was WPNT 1700 AM radio. It probably stretched 12 blocks, if that. And I'm sure probably one or two people were listening. 
But in 2008, he inquired about this Block Talk Radio, which was an internet online radio station. And he says, hey, you should try this out. And I looked into it and I had done that for five years, which most of that time I did with my radio partner, JD, who I gave the birthday shout out to at the beginning of this podcast. So with that backstory being said, it's interesting because he actually was a part of it, even though he never really been a full participant in my broadcasting or hosting career. So John, to answer your question, the things I've learned about this is when you're an independent, of course you got to work, forget about twice as hard. You got to work five times as hard just to get yourself out there to make a name and with social media, although it certainly helps, but again, there's so many other people out there doing it. It's not like I could afford whatever, $10,000 to put a billboard on 95 on the way to George Washington Bridge with my name and my link and where you could find me where people could drive by on a day-to-day basis and be like, who the hell is this Jay Reels? What is this podcast about? And they could just go on and see for themselves or take out an ad on ESPN or a 30-second spot and I could go ahead and do that where people will get an idea of who I am. So to me... The one thing I learned is that I definitely have to go above and beyond to get my name out there because I could put all the podcasts out there and certainly post it on all the social media sites and post the website and so on and so forth. But if I don't find other ways to branch out or to get the name out besides that, and that's where the tricky thing is, that is the one of the things I've learned because looking up stats or checking out Certain games, to me, that comes natural. I mean, I'm always looking for that stuff. So therefore, when I get behind the mic, I could just let it rip. I could just share my thoughts, opinions, analysis, etc. And just say, okay, let's talk about this. But when it comes to shutting off the mic and even the editing and posting on the website, yeah, that's work, but it's work that I love. But it's the super behind the scenes stuff where in order to get my name out, that's the one thing I learned that Geez, and how do I get myself out there more? So, and I'll continue to learn until I get to the point where I become a household name. And that's the reason why I'm here. I know it sounds cliche, but when you do something you love and something that you've invested so many hours, whether it's watching, reading, writing, playing, talking, whatever, if that's your love, work is second nature. But the real work is being able to put yourself out there in a very competitive field to know that, hey, I'm here and here's the who, what, when, where, why about me so you could hopefully come on back and listen to what it is I have to say on a week-in, week-out basis. All right, my guy Mike from Wappingers Falls chimes in, big Jet fan. He asks, is there going to be a football season this year? I think there is, but now the NFL... I'm sure right now, they're not shaking in their boots. But there is a couple of beads of sweat at the brow of a one Roger Goodell and the owners. Because, yes, can they play in stadiums without fans? Absolutely. We know that the networks are paying the league a fortune to broadcast these games. And we understand this is how it is for all the sports. And that's why these sports are going to try to trudge on and see if they could complete seasons or start to finish a season a la baseball because of all the money that's invested by these networks to air these games. But when it comes to the NFL right now, I would think that they're going to have to come up with some sort of plan, as you've seen 
in the last couple of days, they've taken two preseason games out out of the four. So that means they're only going to play preseason game two and three. So they're going to chop off one and four, and then they'll have a two-week stretch from the third preseason game to the start of the NFL season, which I was smart on their end for two reasons. One, nobody watches these games. I, I couldn't watch them if they're in my backyard. I'm sorry. But secondly, and more importantly, that if somebody does come down with the virus, they'll have a two-week window to quarantine, heal up, get better, and then hopefully week one, they'll be raring to go. But the problem with that is because, as we all know, football is not a social distancing sport. They're not playing in a bubble. All the guidelines, all of the protocols, all of the... Everything that you can imagine that I'm sure baseball, even the NBA and NHL have enacted to try to take any player safety and even personnel safety because you got to watch out for the coaches, you got to watch out for the medical staff and I've been saying this from weeks on end. But when it comes to football, these players that even though after the practice is over and I'm sure it's going to be limited to that regard because it's not as if they're going to... Sure, a lot of it's probably going to be in the film room, but when it comes to actual practice, the sweat, the blood, the uh, everything, the, the proximity that these players are in, play after play, practice after practice, the, the reps, everything. How is this going to be possible for these players to play a full season, let alone even maybe half a season? I think there will be a football season because it's all going to be based on the almighty dollar. Absolutely agree with you on that, Mike, but at the same time, how long is it going to last, especially in light of what we've seen here recently in all these regions, whether it's in the South or in the Southwest in particular, even out in California? And then, remind you, this is only the first wave of this coronavirus. There's supposed to be another one come fall. So what does that mean if you're in New York, which we all know has taken just an enormous hit? But what does that mean if you're in the Midwest, in Green Bay, in Chicago, Minnesota, when the temperature starts to dip in October into November, in all these cold weather cities? What's going to happen then? And football, other than the draft, which was virtual as we know, and then now with training camp just three weeks away, they've pretty much been unscathed here. They've gone on scot-free. But the virus is lurking and the virus is saying, all right, NFL, you think that uh, you're going to get a break here? Until that suck is gone, anything is possible. So to answer your question, Mike, I think that there is going to be a football season, whether it's going to be completed or not. I would say that the odds of a season not finishing are going to be high. I'm going to say that as of right now, based on everything that I said. Carlos from Hackensack, and this is a very good question. For you, what is the key to commitment? What keeps someone going training-wise to either school, work, relationships, etc.? And I'll big up Carlos because he has a podcast called the Recommit Podcast. It's on Apple. It's on all the platforms. If you want to check it out, he's just getting started, so you want to support him, please do. And Carlos, I've actually listened to the first two episodes. I know you posted another one a few days ago. I'm going to listen to it, so... Shout out to you, my man. Uh, As far as key to commitment, it boils down to those four letters. Just like I said before with the whole situation regarding uh, being so lucky to have my girlfriend is work. 
that's where the commitment is. It's just putting in the work day in, day out. And as we all know, staying consistent. Because we could be committed to wake up one day and say, I'm going to run 10 miles. You could run 10 miles that day. But if you're committed to running 10 miles three, four days a week, well, that's where the work comes in. Because, right, I understand barring a hailstorm, maybe you're not going to go out there, but, hey, if it's 50% chance of rain, and you know that you got to get it in today, and you think to yourself, oh, how do I do that? What do I do? No, you just got to go out and do it. Or find that window where you know it may not be as threatening as it would be. If it's going to be 30% at 1 in the afternoon, even though it's going to be 85 degrees, maybe it's better to do that when you know that at 4 p.m. it's going to be 80% from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. and then there goes your window. But to me, the key to commitment is not only just the work, but it's the consistency. Because if you're doing this podcast like myself, and here I am now 142 episodes in, I've made a vow to be consistent with this from day one because as someone like myself trying to get my name out there, trying to slowly but surely move up the ranks, hopefully, God willing, fingers crossed, the only way that at least I could build that I could certainly control is being consistent. If I just did one when I felt like it or one every other week or listen, if it was one every other week, but as long as I stated that, then fine. But if I say that I'm going to be here every Monday, that you're going to hear what it is that I have to say about what's happening in sports, for those who do follow me, they expect that. They're going to hold me accountable to say, all right, Jay Reels, if you say every Monday is a guarantee, then you better own up to it. Now, I want to do twice a week, as everybody knows, with the guest. Here, this is why I'm doing Ask Me Anything podcast, just to kind of a little break from the norm, but at the same time, just want to post at least two a week and want to stay consistent with that. So if you do not stay consistent and put in the work, then to me, where's the commitment? And that goes for everything, whether it's work, school, relationships, as I said before. Again, there's no finish line. The work must be put in day after day after day. And if you don't do that, then the results you're going to get are going to be either crap or they're not going to be where you want them to be. So to me, I think that's a good one there, Carlos. So those are the two things I think are the key to commitment. Next up, Luz from Chicago, L-U-Z, asks, what habit are you trying to break? Oh, boy. Well, thankfully, I've never smoked in my life. Not one cigarette, not one puff of marijuana, nothing. I could honestly say that. I was a chronic nail biter back in the day up until about well, it's been a while, 17 years, but as a boy, oh man. And every now and again, I I get the dry cuticles, so I pick at them, but I don't bite them like I used to. And that is an awful habit. Ugh. To me, the habit that I'm trying to break is becoming stagnant when it comes to maximizing my time. Because it's easy to do things when you feel like it. It's easy to do things when you're in the mood or in that mood or mode, whatever you want to call it. It's when you don't want to do it. Or more so, knowing that you have five things on your to-do list for that day and you may have done three of them and you're feeling good and you have that sense of accomplishment and then you start that fourth one and then for whatever reason you get sidetracked or, you know, hey, let me eat something, I'll get back to it and then 
We all know what happens after that. You start to settle into that comfort zone. You may go through your social media feeds. You may listen to what's going on sports radio like me sometimes or turn on the TV or, oh, let me catch up on this Netflix show while I'm eating and then I'll get back to it. Next thing you know, you start binge watching something and then that's it. So to me, becoming stagnant, and we understand, we try our best to maximize our day to the fullest because everybody has 24 hours. It's what you do in those 24 hours that makes you not only just productive in your life, but even a productive member of society. And the reason why I say that, because when your house, and I'm talking about internal and your actual house is in order, then everything else will seem to follow suit. But going back to Carlos's question, the consistency, that's where that kicks in as well. So I don't want to become stagnant. I don't want to be that guy that is in quarantine. And I don't think I have been for the most part, but I know there have been days that I've fallen short. Whether, oh, I was supposed to run this morning and I didn't get to do that. Or, you know what, I was supposed to try to reach out to some guests or some potential guests. And, yeah, I may have reached out to one or two, but I was supposed to reach out to up to 10. Or I was supposed to edit some music, my intro, and it took me two weeks longer than I should have in order to do that. Uh-uh. That's not going to cut it. And I get we're all not robots. We're all not conditioned to do everything with laser precision. But at the same time, this is where the commitment lies, where the work and the consistency comes in. And to me, I don't necessarily know if that's a habit, but it does become habitual knowing that from one day to the next, if you continue to procrastinate and put stuff off, then that's a habit that must be broken. So that's one I'm trying to do there. So Scott in Manhattan. Old buddy Scott. When are we going to stop hearing about stupid Bobby Bonilla Day? <laughs> Which was yesterday, and for those who don't know what Bobby Bonilla Day is, Bobby Bonilla is a former Major League Baseball player, and if you're a Met fan like myself and Scott, you know who Bobby Bonilla is, was signed as a free agent back before the 92 season, a five-year, $29.5 million deal, where a lot of that money was deferred. And the money was deferred. And remember, he was also re-signed before 1999 because he was a free agent. He signed a one-year deal. Or maybe it was two years because in 2000, no, it was one year because in 2000 he played, I believe, in St. Louis. Signed a one-year deal, $5.9 million, where a lot of that money was deferred. And the deferral, I believe, started, if I'm not mistaken, 2004. I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. But I think it's like 2005. So anyway... So they signed this contract where this money is going to be deferred, where he gets paid $1.1 million every July 1st from now until the year 2035. So let's put this in perspective, people. You ready for this? Last year, both Mike Trout and Bryce Harper, they signed 13-year deals before the 2019 season. Well, more so Trout sound, not that he... Was a free agent, but he signed this extension to his contract, 13 years. And then we all know Bryce Harper was signed with the Phillies February 2019, 13 years. So their contracts, based on what they've signed, fall three years short of when the Bobby Bonilla Day contract ends. If that doesn't put it into perspective, I don't know what does. Granted that Bobby Bonilla is not getting paid $330 million like Bryce Harper is or $435 million like Mike Trout is. But when Bobby Bonilla 
will still be paid by a Major League Baseball team three years after that and has already been paid, whatever, 15 years now, whatever the rate has been going. I mean, it's an absolute joke. We understand that. But here's the other thing. And I get that the Yankee fan wants to needle the Met fan on this or maybe certain baseball fans. To me, it's just, it's the most overrated and most abused narrative in baseball that I could kill us. That was between the Mets and Bibania. And you know what? If your job said to you that, yeah, we'll pay you, but we're going to defer your money and you're going to be paid to 2035. I'm sure you're laughing all the way to the bank knowing if you were in Bibania's shoes, you'd be a thousand percent with that. So, I get that's just another laughing stock moment for the Mets, for their organization, for everything that the Met fans had to endure over the last X amount of years. But to me, it's just so overhyped. It's so tired. It's, again, overrated that I could care less. And hopefully the Wilpon sell within the next five to six months. That's all I got to say. And also Scott asks, am I ready for softball in 2021? Scott is a an old co-worker of mine. We used to work at a law firm and played on the softball team. He was the captain. And obviously with coronavirus, there was no softball this year. So with the year off, and I will say this, I'm the type where you're going to have to drag me off the field to stop playing. But for the first time in my life, and I got to admit this, for the first time in my life of the few games I played last year, I felt it. I don't know if I was in top shape. I know I wasn't in as good a shape as I could possibly be. And again, it's softball. It's not like I'm out there running crossing patterns, you know, playing football or flag football. But yeah, I felt it. I felt my swing wasn't on point. I felt a little slow out there when I played in the outfield. Didn't seem to be the same player that I was years ago. And I get that I'm getting older. So father time is always going to win. But you know what? Next year will be a telltale sign on where I am as an athlete. If softball does resume in 2021, because I'm going in there with a vengeance. And I'm not trying to say I'm going to go to batting cages and things of that nature, but I'll make sure that I'm going to be in tip-top shape because in my heart of hearts, I feel like I still play. And that goes without saying, but play at a level where I know that I can't track a routine fly ball or I can't even make contact on a decent pitch. That's when you know it's time to hang it up. All right, my man John actually has another question. John Tishner, I mentioned this earlier because he had sent a question going back to before Memorial Day. So now here it is before the 4th of July and he has one other question to ask. So let me throw this one at you. What can pro athletes do to help fans get over the whole dark cloud we're experiencing? Is there anything more than we have seen? Well, of course, this is some unprecedented times that we're going through. And I find this to be a very fascinating question from this regard. I know a lot of the players are disconnected to the fans and to a certain extent, understandably so because although players will still sign autographs before a game, they'll go to the right field, or left field foul line and start signing autographs. But because of social media, because of just the interaction with the fan at the ballpark or maybe even outside of the ballpark, it's just a lot different now. Even a lot different from when I used to go search for autographs, whether it was baseball, even NHL. And mind you, I used to go to the team's hotel, which back then it wasn't as bad 
you may have had three or four people out there looking for autographs and you're able to share a word with them or a couple of minutes to talk where now, depending on the player and the team, it's almost impossible to get close to these guys. And now there's going to be even more of a disconnect since there's going to be no fans at the game. So one thing I did see, and I wish more athletes would do, and I get that the current athlete, especially the superstar athlete, their time is occupied where they have endorsements. We all know they have their own downtime, family time, etc. But I saw last week Carmelo Anthony, who's still a current player, I might add. He was on his Instagram Live engaging with the fans. So he went on there and spent an hour, and I even tried to get on there to ask a question, but he was inundated with requests, and he came out there and said, all right, where are you from? Pull up a question, and he actually sought out fans with their questions and put them on the video to split screen for them to share their thoughts or their question with Carmelo Anthony one-on-one, which I thought was fantastic. And because of the way technology is, and because fans can't get that close to the player with obviously what we're going through and experiencing here in this world, that it would be maybe not the player's duty or right to do this. I mean, it's a little bit strong, but every now and again, to pop on there, whether it's once a week for an hour, to say, all right, I'm going to take questions from the fans, and I understand he could filter them out. I guess you could tell who the trolls are, the jerks, whatever. But to have somebody just pop on there and say, hey, Carmelo, what do you think about coming back to the Knicks for one last go-around? Or what do you think about the NBA bubble this year? And those are some of the questions that were posed to him. And he answered them as candid and as forthright as possible, which I thought was fascinating. And I wish more more athletes would do that. And how else can they help the fans? I mean, there's no other way to, I mean... But with the players and the fans, and as we all know, without the fans, can't say there's no players, but how are they going to get paid? And we understand that these players, whether you're the 25th man on the baseball team or the 12th man on the basketball team or the top guy, we get that it's hard that in passing to just a handshake, maybe a selfie as quick as that, which would be great. That'd be a great way to do it. And we understand that we that even that's probably tough to do right now because of what has taken place here with this coronavirus. But at the same time, I think for them to use their social media platform as an olive branch to the fans to even take whatever it is. It doesn't have to be an hour, half hour. And I understand you'll see some interaction on Twitter and you'll see some newsworthy bites whether it's a question posed by a fan and the player answers it and the next thing you know it becomes a firestorm and it may be even news for that matter. But I think that's probably the best way for the players and fans to interact is to have that even more so, that video one-on-one, whether it's through a live feed because tweets and things of that nature, although that certainly bridges the fan to the player, to me it's not as personal as it is if, Someone like Carmelo Anthony did what he did if more players were to adopt that. Uh, To me, I think that's probably the best way to do so. Until the fans get back in the mix or until there's some sort of treatment or concoction to quell and hopefully get rid of this coronavirus that we're not going to see fans anytime soon. I don't care what the NFL says, college football, etc. Oh, we're going to have fans in the stadiums. Unless you're going to put two fans per section and they're going to sit at opposite ends and I don't even know how they're going to do it. And I'm sure that they're brainstorming it right now as we speak but until the fans could get back into the stadiums 
and go to the practices, go to the training camps to be able to get the autographs or to take the selfies or whatever. I, I, that's probably the best way to do it. And that will actually, as a matter of fact, I think that's my last question. Yes, it is. That's my last one. So I want to thank everybody who participated, everybody who sent questions. And granted that it would have been nice to have more. But you know what? That was just enough. And to those guys who contributed, I thank you twice, more than once. Many thanks. And maybe I'll do this again somewhere down the road. Hopefully next Thursday I have a guest. But again, I can't promise you because we all know even during this quarantine, depending on availability, I hope to get someone on. I hope to have them share their experiences, their thoughts on what it was like to play in whatever the sport that they were in or if it's a broadcaster, sports writer, you name it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get that person on. But until then, you will hear me come Monday after this weekend as we get that much more closer to sports. So, Episode 142 in the books. I want to do just a couple housekeeping notes before I say goodbye. The first one being, please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. As I've said time and time again, week after week, podcast after podcast, your contribution is vital because what that does is increase the visibility of this podcast with all the others that are out there. And not even just sports, but it's everything else. But considering this is more in the sports category, I want to move up those ranks, people. And hopefully by you just leaving a rating and a review, subscribing to this podcast and of course when you do subscribe it'll go right to your tablet phone device wherever you get your podcast and you can do that on apple google play spreaker stitcher spotify iHeartRadio, luminary or wherever you get your podcast so please do that and not only by subscribing rating and reviewing that's also going to generate interest for those outside who aren't familiar with the j rose podcast so i could get that former current athlete on the sportscaster the studio host the writer blogger you name it And this is why I do what I do because I want to get the best of the best on here to share their thoughts and experiences on what it was like to play between the white lines or broadcast a certain event or even cover it. And with that being said, if anybody has any questions, comments, criticism, or praise, you could do that and follow me on any of my social media accounts, whether it's J Reels or the J Reels podcast on Instagram, on Twitter, the J Reels one, or I should say at J Reels one, just the number the J Reels podcast on my Facebook fan page. And if you want to send me an email, the old fashioned way, you could do so at the J Reels podcast at gmail.com. And I'll be sure to get back to you people. I'm very good at that. So whatever it is that's on your mind, whatever it is that uh, you have percolating, please send it my way. As I said before, for my first timers, this is your 10th time, 20th time, 142nd time. You know this is what I love to do. I love to share my thoughts, my feelings, my opinions on everything that's happening in the world of the diamond, the ice, the gridiron, the hardwood, the golf course, racetrack, tennis court, you name it. From my lips to your ears, from my heart to your soul, from where I am to wherever you are. The J Reels podcast always comes correct, direct, and in full effect. And I'm going to do this until the day I die because this is why I do it for you guys and for the love of SPORTS. From the South Bronx, the South Beach, the South Central, the South Pacific, and all points beyond. Peace, love, and God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Share the wealth with everybody else. Stay strong. Stay positive. Stay active. Always get it. And until next time on the J-Rose Podcast, on the flip, baby.